You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 143, and we're continuing our series on church security. Last time we talked about uh, the importance of having a plan for for church security and for protecting your flock. Um, you know, churches are soft targets, and more and more we're seeing attacks take place inside um, houses of worship. And, you know, this is a terrible tragedy, but so often when you talk to leaders and pastors, you find out that they really don't have a plan for protecting their church. So that's what we're talking about in this series. And today we're going to be dealing with the question, who is protecting your church? So before we get into that, I want to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Miracles and Mark. Miracles and Mark examines the gospel of Mark. It was the first gospel that was written and, and focuses on all of the miracles and supernatural experiences that we find there. Mark contains more, more miracles than any of the other Gospels. And so this is a great way to jumpstart your Bible study, your personal Bible study, but it's also good for group Bible study. Uh, the chapters are short. They're, um, they're easy to read. It's a, it's a great book to help you get more out of your Bible. And also, um, I want to let you know that, that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my new uh, course, video course, based on the book Miracles in Mark. Uh, there's over 20 short videos that go along with the book, and uh, these these videos there's a there's a curriculum included. There's exams. Um, it's really a, a a bona fide course to help you get the most out of your Bible, and it's good for for you as an individual as well as group study. So there'll be links in the show notes. Make sure you check out Miracles and Mark the book and Miracles and Mark the course. Well, all right, we're back, and we're talking about who is protecting our church. What are the requirements for somebody who is on your security or safety team? And, of course, this is presupposing that you actually have one. But I want to give you some ideas because often, you know, as, as pastors and leaders, we, we think, um, you know, I don't really have anybody in my church that fits the bill. But you'd be surprised when you start kind of digging in and finding out who the people are in your church. Um, first of all, do you have any current or prior uh, people with law enforcement experience? Because if you've got a, a police officer in your church, I won't say your problem is solved, but you've got a good starting place for creating a safety plan for your church. Do it in conjunction with the police officer or the former police officer because they're going to have insight and be able to put a team together that 
can can help protect the church. So current or prior law enforcement, do you have anybody in your church that fits the bill there? Second, current or prior military. Uh, military guys love to serve. They love to jump in and be involved. And this is something that for, for most military guys that they're passionate about, especially if they served in any kind of a combat role. So do you have current or prior military uh, experience in your church? Because if you do, you want to tap into that. Right now we're <clears throat> working with somebody in our church who um, they're not on our safety team yet, but they have a background in intelligence and also in site security. So um, this person has volunteered to come and do a site assessment of our church and look for particular uh, weak points and areas that need to be improved in our security. So you never know who you might have and who might be available to help protect your church. Number three, a good citizen slash church member with a proper mindset and the proper firearms training. Now, this is probably where most of your uh, your, your your people are going to come from. Um, when I look at, uh, across the, the um, group of our, our core safety team at my church, uh, two guys with law enforcement, another 10 that are good citizens. A couple of them have some, some prior military years ago. But most of these guys are, are good citizens. They've, they've had firearms training. They've got a good mindset. They're people that we can trust. Now, just because somebody has a firearms permit does not mean you want to turn them loose in your church and say, hey, listen, I want you to, you know, hit up a security team. They have to have the right mindset. They have to be screened. They have to be people that you, as a pastor, as a leader, can trust. So a good citizen slash church member with a proper mindset and training. Now, of course, Every uh, locality is going to be different. You may be in a country where, where firearms are not legal for, for citizens to possess, or it may be very difficult. Um, you may be in a state in the United States where it's not easy for, for firearms to be accessed by, by citizens. And if that's the case, you've got to work within what you have. But in the context of most of the uh, states in America, citizens can obtain firearms permits and can... Um, within those guidelines, carry that firearm concealed. So look at your local laws, see what they say, and then you know take that into account as you're putting your team together. So we've talked about current or prior law enforcement experience, people in your church, church members who are law enforcement officers or prior law enforcement officers, people in your church who are current or prior military, and then also members in your church that are good citizens, they, uh, they, they've got a firearms permit, they know how to use the gun, they've had the proper training, and they have the right mindset. And then number four is also a very, very good uh, option for, for many churches, is an off-duty police officer. Um, there are several, several big churches in our area that, that employ off-duty police officers to, to come on Sunday and help with parking. They provide parking lot security. And then they're asked to, you know, walk through the, the buildings, walk around the grounds, just making sure everything is secure and safe um, while services are taking place. And that's a, a very, very good option. Um, let me give you both sides of the coin. 
Um, the the good part of that is you've got a, somebody who is trained. They're in uniform. They've got a marked police car there, which is often a deterrent. And, you know, this is great. They've got the proper training. They're armed. They're equipped. They know the laws. And uh, they're going to be able, you know, be on site to respond to uh, to a situation quickly. The downside is this is not a member of your church. If you're hiring somebody, um, they're coming in and they may not have your heart. And what I mean by that is you may not get officer friendly. You hire an officer and you get the first one that, that, that you know, answers the email to, to take the part-time job. And so you might get an officer who maybe isn't as friendly or have the people skills that you want um, representing your church. Now, of course, you can, you know, call the police department and say, hey, listen, he didn't work out or she didn't work out. Could you send us another one? And you can, you know, keep trying until you get one who, who you know, has the, the right disposition. But as a pastor, you don't want a police officer who, who maybe isn't um, as friendly or as likable or as personable that, that you want them to be. And they are representing your church. So that's something that you have to think, uh, think about as you're putting this team together. Um, hiring an off-duty police officer is a great idea. Um, even with our own safety team, we often will hire an off-duty police officer when we have a large event to help with parking and crowd control and those kinds of things, just to have that presence on the scene. So, so it's a great way to go. The other downside is it can be very expensive. Um, you know, could probably be several hundred dollars a Sunday to uh, to get a police officer. And if you have a even a larger church, you might have to hire, hire two or three if you're hiring them for parking. So something to think about. It's something to build into the budget, but it's not a bad way to go. Now, a couple of other things to think about for uh, all non-law enforcement, for all um, your your civilians, those church members that are, that are going to be helping out with uh, safety and security, I would recommend requiring every one of them to have an NRA, a National Rifle Association certified course and a certificate. And I would make them give you a copy of this and keep that on file in the church office somewhere or by the person who's heading up the security team. Um, these courses run anywhere from, you know, one to three hundred dollars. They're usually one day, six to eight hours. And, uh, you know, you can find them throughout the country at different gun stores and ranges. So um, I, I would say for anybody that wants to participate, you know, in being part of your safety or security team, require them to have an NRA certified course. This protects them, and it also protects the church um, liability-wise because you're requiring a certain level of training. Now, this is just the base level of training. We're going to build on it, but this is where we should start. I would also ask them to provide you with a copy of their carry permit so that you know that it's uh, not expired and that they actually have it, and a copy of their driver's license. And keep these on file as well. Just staple them in the certificate together. Keep those in a file. And that way you know who you're dealing with. And these would be the people that are on your safety and security team. You can have somebody who who, who says they, they've done a lot and, you know, they've shot and they're an expert. And, you know, they can say whatever. But if they don't come up with their certificate or their, their permit, then I would not let them serve in any capacity. Um and then another aspect that you would want when you're building this kind of team in your church is you want somebody that's got a, a very, very strong commitment to your church. This is not 
we're not hiring bouncers. We're not hiring hired guns. We want to equip and train and empower church members to protect their own church. The, the mentality I think we mentioned last week is, is the sheepdog mentality. These people are protecting those that they love. And that's why it's so good to use people who are actually part of your church. And so when you've got people that are uh, members and committed members, then you know they're going to be much more serious about protecting those that they love. So uh, a commitment to serving is very important. And, and when I say a commitment to serving, I'm not talking about the person that only shows up when it's their Sunday to be part of the safety and security team. I'm talking about somebody that is committed to serving in other areas as well. Somebody that's there for every service. Somebody that, even when they're not working, they're in church. Um, even if it's not their Sunday to serve, they're still in church participating and worshiping and serving. I don't want somebody that's only going to show up when it's their Sunday to, to serve on a team. I want them to be a part of the church and to be there every week. Uh, another area is we want them to be able to uh, commit to training. I would recommend having at least quarterly training where you either bring in a police officer to do some training or you bring in some type of expert to do some training. And uh, in next week's episode, we'll actually talk about specific areas that I think your church needs to train the safety and security team in. Um, these are going to be key areas because, you know, we typically think when we think of church security, we think of worst case scenario. We think of, uh, you know, an active shooter or an active gunman coming in and, um, you know, shooting the place up. And while that is a possibility, reality is there are many, many other situations that a, that a safety and security team are going to be dealing with. So um, we'll talk about that in, in next week's episode. We'll talk about the different areas that uh, your people need to be trained and equipped in. And I'll make some suggestions on who you can have to come in and do some of that training. So um, for now, we'll stop. I'd love to hear from you. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, you may be in a situation where, where, where you, you know, you may be in a country, you may be in a state where they don't allow um, armed security in a church, um, where citizens are not allowed to carry firearms. Um, in a concealed manner or whatever. So uh, how do you go about um, dealing with your own local laws? How do you go about providing security to protect your church? I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear how you overcome those obstacles. I'd love to hear your thoughts on church security. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. And of course, you can always reach me at david at davidspell.com. But while you're at my website, make sure you subscribe to uh, to get my free newsletter. I send out three blogs a week. This podcast is one of them. And by subscribing, you'll make sure that you don't miss a single issue. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. And like I say, we'll continue this important series on church security next week here at Leading and Leading.